I'm Rebecca, and we are Mama Bear Apologetics. Apologetics. We're just two gals talking about life's big questions from a biblical worldview. Because when it comes to the battle of ideas, we need to be able to say, mess with my kids and I will demolish your arguments. You mess, I demolish. Got it? Capiche? (laughs) (laughs) Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. So, Rebecca, you and I have been talking for, (laughs) golly, what time did we start talking? Like, we've been talking for about an hour and a half because today's topic is going to be on how to talk to our kids about the election, (laughs) which is one of those things that we could, it's a very delicate topic. Yes. (laughs) And so we want to be responsible with this topic. And so just in our discussion, um... We've done a lot of venting, we've done a lot of (laughs) self-reflection, we've done a lot of saying things that we would never want to say on the air, Mm. in order to whittle it down to productive conversation. Yeah, the kind of conversation where all of the fruit of the spirit are on display. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to work through the stuff that's not at the fruit of the spirit, and then confess to one another and keep going and try to have a good conversation. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm, I'm going to do something that's slightly different than what we normally do. And I started trying to put my thoughts into words earlier. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to, it'll be sort of like a, sort of a little bit like uh, the beginning part will be like uh, an article that I'm reading. But um, I think this will just encompass a good intro of the topic. So I'm going to just say that these are three things to remember when discussing the election with kids. There is no magical age where children emotionally become adults. This reality has never been more apparent than this week as stories of students at prestigious universities hold cry-ins over the election and are given puppies to cuddle with along with coloring books and chocolate. While I do not want to diminish the emotional nature of this election, neither do I want to promote a society where it is considered acceptable to administer Play-Doh to adults who can't cope with the results of an election. Had there been a hostile takeover where we were bombed into submission, maybe. Probably not even then. We once lived in a world where difficult times called for moral fortitude and children were expected to grow up faster than intended. When the going got tough, the tough got going. I will not pretend to understand a world where when the going gets tough, the tough get kittens. But again, we're dealing with individuals who I deem to be legal adults. However, we use the term kid gloves because it is true that kids can be more fragile than adults. Until a certain age, children are black and white thinkers. There is a reason that we tell kids that finger painting is amazing and they believe us. Hmm. Kids live in a world where you mean what you say. We used to have that show, Kids Say the Darndest Things, and we could have that because kids don't censor themselves (laughs) and they don't anticipate others doing so either. However, this is exactly why this election has some of them completely scared out of their minds. Mm. So with all the rhetoric that we've been hearing, with all the um, stories of overreactions, with all the stories of, um, well, reactions on both sides, I want to take it back to what Christ has always taken things back to, and that is people. Mm. 
And especially since this is Mama Bear Apologetics, we want to start with the kids and say, how do we treat the kids? And so we have three points that you and I kind of came up with uh, Mm -hmm. during our conversation that we wanted to address with the moms out there. And I hope that this gives a balanced approach. Yeah. Uh, So point number one is we need to listen to the ones that are scared. Yes. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Not be dismissive a priori. Because yep. it it frustrates us that they can't seem to cope. Yeah. And we really need to listen. And we have to enter into the conversation with this idea that this generation of children that are unable to cope with things did not just come out of nowhere. Yeah. They are the products of something. And we might be in some part responsible or we collectively and as in the older generations and so we cannot be dismissive of them we need to show we need to listen I I love that one of the books that I'm reading for my graduate program is called I beg to differ and I I wrote a review on it and I think uh, maybe we can link it up to this but I think it is excellent for teaching people we have really lost the art of listening yeah. And and that is a huge part of really taking God at his word when he tells us through Paul in Philippians 2 to have others' interests to value them as, as much as we value our own. And we can't understand their interests if we don't listen to them. We have to yeah. see what they have to say yeah, and not think that we know. And I want to specifically address the children who are young because... yeah. Um, the ones that are older that are in universities that are having these extreme reactions and expecting to be coddled, honestly, I kind of, while that needs to be addressed, I think right now, I would like to more address the children that are young. And I brought up the idea of, you know, the kids say the darndest things and kids are black and white thinkers for a reason. And that's that they've been hearing these doomsday scenarios for the (laughs) past year. And there is nobody... Uh, and by nobody, I mean no side, the Democrat, Republican, independent, I don't care what side you're on. Everybody has made this election into a doomsday scenario. And so if, if it was coming from a Trump supporter, they're saying that the terrorists, uh, you know, well, the immigrants, yeah. yeah. The terrorists will come get you. The Im- you know immigrants are going to come in. And I uh, had a know. I had a Trump supporter that is someone I know very well. Um, and when they learned that we were going to England for the summer, that person was very concerned and said, "Oh, you're going to see the immigrants, and it's probably not safe." And because apparently, according to them and the, what they've been listening to, there's all kinds of immigrant problems, and then mm-hmm. they were concerned. Yeah, and I don't want to diminish from that because I have seen, I have seen I've, the pictures of you know France, the streets of Paris. Um, yeah. But again, we're telling these kids this is going to happen overnight. We're going to have this uh, flood of terrorists that are coming. You're not going to be safe. You're not going to know who it is. But then on the opposite side, we've also been, you know, hearing, oh, well, if Hillary gets elected, then we are going to lose all our... F- uh, wait, no, that was the Hillary one. If Trump gets elected, well... Both. We're going to lose all yeah, our freedoms. Both. <laughs> yeah, if, if Hillary gets elected, we're going to lose all our religious freedoms and um she's going to come after your kids in school they're going to shut down the schools they're going to make the schools teach you know lbgt propaganda mm-hmm. yeah and so and then on the on the flip side and this is where we're seeing this happen if trump gets elected he's friends with the kkk 
and uh, you're, you're like I've seen articles mm-hmm. where parents are saying, you know, is is my is my teacher? She's a Mexican. Is she going to be deported? Yeah, or, a family, a friends friends of ours that are Indian, and they don't they do- adopted a child from India, a little girl, just within the past year. The the wife on Facebook was saying, "Are they going to deport my little girl? Are they going to send her back to India?" And she was yeah. she was not she she was sincere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's legitimate fear, but we have to remember that these are adults that are saying all these things. And they're either saying, I'm afraid this is going to happen, or they're saying this is going to happen. We have to look at the media. The media has wanted to win this election on on emotion alone. Both sides. And so they have, have, yeah, Mm -hmm. on both sides. They have picked every single emotional tactic they could possibly choose to defend why their 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 candidate needs to win and the other one needs to lose because otherwise this doomsday scenario is going to happen. We have all these kids. I'm just going to say maybe like, you know, especially maybe like 13 and under. Yeah. Who are black and white thinkers who say what they mean, mean what they say and assume that adults do too. So for at least half of the kids out there right now, the worst case scenario has just come true. Mm-hmm. And all of these things that the adults have been saying are going to happen well now, you know, Trump is elected, therefore, all of these things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so whether or not, and, and like, once you get old enough to be able to reason past this, I have a little bit less compassion. But when you're on a young, a young child's level, and this is all you've heard, we need to take this very, very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that main point is to if someone's afraid Find out what exactly are they afraid of. Talk to them. Let them discuss it. And maybe you can help be part of the solution by, you know, helping them say, you know, remind them that, you know what, a dictator and a president are very, very different things. That someone can't Mm -hmm. just come in and do whatever they want. Let's just say the worst case scenario that, you know, that Trump is all the things that people say he is that he's going to do all the things that he himself has said i mean that's another one of the scary things is the fact that usually you have to read between the lines of what, po- of what politicians are saying mm-hmm. the, the politician that we have now we don't have to read between the lines he's like <laughs> he's saying more over and above what he you actually wish he'd, means. Had, he'd say less <laughs> yeah and so it's like they're not even having to read between the lines. They're like, this is what he himself has said. And, and you know, the thing that I keep returning back to is when I had my friends that um, are more conservative that were really, you know, they felt like, well, I have to vote for Trump because Hillary is so scary. And they were, you know, going about all these things that Hillary is going to do to us. And there was a lot of genuine fear there. Mm-hmm. And I understand it. One of the things we have to teach our children is to put fear in the context of Christ in the cross mm. and God's sovereignty and yeah. fear in the context of what it inhibits us from being able to do. And I think of the early Christians. One of the stories that I've heard about um, when Rome was, you know, when Rome was uh, was falling it was falling into ruins. Um, they were they would have a lot of barbarian invasions, and they had plagues. And when the city of Rome would be just there was just widespread you know disease, some kind of plague mm-hmm. running rampant. People would be fleeing Rome, and one of the Roman um, historians noted how the Christians would run into Rome and mm. help them. So they turned that fear into action and, and yeah. an action of love, not an action of hate and not an action of 
running away from something. And Christ tells us to love our enemies and we cannot love them if we are afraid of them. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, Mm, it's much. That's that's good. We cannot love them if we're afraid of them. Yeah. And, and love leads pretty quickly to hate. And um, because Wait, I, I is mean, that not love, no, no, fear, <laughs> fear, I say, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> fear moves to hate. Actually, it was so funny because one of my, my very emotional friends <laughs> posted a very great quote from Yoda <laughs> this week. <laughs> and, and, but it was, it was one of those good Star Wars moments. And, um, you know, there's a lot of silliness in it too, but Yoda said something about how, Fear moves pretty quickly to hatred because yeah. when you're afraid of someone, you're very frustrated with them because they're rooting everything for you. And I saw a lot of that. And we cannot love people that we're afraid of. And what do we have to fear? If yeah. we believe in eternity, and and I had friends and relatives saying, well, you know, they, especially the older generation, I saw that they were very afraid of, for their grandchildren. Yeah. You know, and I think part of that's a function of they're leaving. They know they're leaving this world. And, and it's a sort of thing where I can't protect you anymore. They're not ready to give up control. Yeah. And, and I don't want to say that, like, there's nothing to be feared, because honestly, like I, I posted this on Facebook. I, I'm like, I'm taking it to the grave who I voted for because mm-hmm. there was there was not a candidate that I could fully endorse. Yeah. And so <sighs> it was if awful. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, if I voted third party, I didn't want to get uh, accused of implicitly putting Hillary into office if if she got... I mean, the only thing I'll say is that I did not vote for Hillary. Mm -hmm. But I won't tell people if I voted third party or if I voted Trump, because if I voted third party, I don't want them to say, well, you risked us getting uh, Hillary into office if I voted for Trump. Um, I don't want anybody to know that either, because I don't really endorse them, never have. Um, And, And what you're acknowledging is... That if you tell people, you're going to get some kind of emotional reaction and you're trying yeah. to avoid that. Because you know that once you get that emotional reaction, you've lost them. Yep. Because people are so driven by emotions today, on right and left, that mm-hmm. it's like you cannot reason with them. And part of the reasoning, especially with Christians, and this is where we have fallen into the trap of fear. And I guess I am just very sensitive to fear because I have struggled with anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. And so I've mm-hmm. had to really, I've had to work on it. Most yeah. people haven't. And I've had to. And I, I mean, I've had fear since I was a child. I used to have horrible nightmares. I've, I've just, it's been a major part of my life. And so one of my ways of coping is to think you know, think biblically and think in terms of eternity and think in terms of, you know, putting everything into that light and that perspective. And it really helps me a lot with my anxiety. And so when I see people that don't normally struggle with that, going to those extremes, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm trying to reason with them like I would reason with myself. Yeah. You know, and then like I am reasoning with myself because it's not like I'm not afraid either. And I, yeah. I see things and I, I have two precious daughters that I would hate, you know, certain things to happen to. But as Christians, we have all the resources given to us. Yeah. We have to take hold of it and claim it and apply it and, and apply it with a dogged determination. Yeah. And most of all, because we cannot love our neighbor if we're afraid of them. Yep. Or we hate them. Or we're mocking <laughs> yeah. them. Or we're going That's... and we're mocking them. How are we going to... Those kids in those colleges, yes, it. I, I, I have wanted 
to join in because there's something cathartic about it. But uh, like I told you earlier, our catharsis is on the, is in the cross of Christ. That is where mm-hmm. our only catharsis should be. And when we're seeking it in mockery and other areas, we need to stop yep. and go back because, you know, that it's all should, it, it, we should be satisfied with the yep. cross. That should be enough. And we should yeah. feel nothing but pity because I tell you those high, those, those college age kids were once high schoolers, were once toddlers, you know, uh, grammar age, toddler, toddlers, and they did not come out of nowhere. Our, our culture <laughs> has didn't been just b- get birth from a vacuum. The stork did not drop off a bunch of college and, students who can't cope. And Francis Schaefer was probably unpopular for saying this. We love and, and I'm so thankful for the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. I am. But Francis Schaefer pointed out that they were the parents of the baby boomers. <laughs> and the baby boomers and it, and Francis Schaefer had the kind of sensitivity to really listen to the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And to go to Libri and go to Switzerland and say, come to me and let me hear what you are saying. He saw them writing and he said, let me hear what you're saying. And he reached people like Oz Guinness, like Nancy Piercy, yeah. you know. And so it they, reminds me of that, that Seinfeld episode. It's the um, Festivus. It's instead of Christmas, the uh, Festivus, and you have the, the annual airing of the grievances. Oh, my. Well, I'm sure my husband would know it. He knows every one of them. <laughs> I don't remember so, that one. So we have Schaefer that said, let's have the airing of the grievances for all the baby boomers. Yeah, well, and, and yes, there was extremes, and there's selfishness in there. Okay, any time you're going to have human beings, even the greatest generation, there is a mixture of marble and mud. And we Christians know that. Yeah. And we can look throughout all of history and we can say, make America great again. Um, okay, America was doing pretty good in some ways, but was it great? No, we had slavery. We had, ju- you know, so, you know, we, we can be a little bit more um, immune to the rhetoric. And I actually just had a whole conversation with a girl um, before you and I talked um, about like when was America great again and I do think that there was a time when we did have genuine greatness I, we don't have enough time to go into it right now but I think it had a whole host of uh, sociological and economic and um, just historical factors that went into it but before we move on to that I want to reiterate what point number two was because you actually already said it because it was basically your point um, which is no matter how much we want to join in the mockery we need to refrain. Yeah. Uh, we do not need catharsis. Our catharsis is in the cross of Christ, which you said, and I thought it was brilliant, so I will say it again. But that is one of the things that I have to take a really hard look in the mirror, and I am preaching to myself. Me too. Oh, me too. <laughs> I've, had, I've wanted this. to click on these different, yeah, memes that are, they're funny. Oh, God, yeah. They are funny. Like, you know, it's John Stewart for the that, right. You know, <laughs> someone pointed out that the um, the symbol for the anti-Trump movement is basically a giant diaper pin. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, because they're wearing the safety pins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then then someone said, well, yeah, that's we used to use those for diapers. And I was like, well, yeah, it's kind of ironic. But how helpful is that? Yeah. How helpful is that? So there's so many things that. Oh, it would be. Well, so mockery good. is basically right saying i am so much above everything that i can see all the ridiculousness in it mm-hmm. and yeah. you know there is a place for satire yeah but 
this is this is easy this is easy pickings it, yeah and it's 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 and 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 john stewart and who is the other guy the really crude one um bill maher bill, bill maher have been doing this for decades yes. or, or for uh, at least a decade on against the right mm-hmm. and so here comes trump and he's the john stewart for the right and he mm-hmm. says crude things, and and we want to fight back like that, like that. And honestly, it's just it, there's nothing helpful. And that's that. How do we expect to reach? Do we really want to reach people, or do we really yeah. want to just just throw truth out there? Like you, you called it truth bombs. Yeah, you, we just want to throw these truth bombs out there. Let the pieces fall where they may, and if anybody gets their feathers ruffled it for you know from it, then we just. Uh, mock them for not being as much of a rock as I am. What do they call that when the the, zone, the, the drones accidentally kill civilians? They call them, well, I guess civilian casualties, right? Is it friendly fire? Friendly fire. There's something where, you know, maybe it's just civilian casualties that are just accident. They're like, yeah, you know, they're just in the way. Well, that's sometimes the way we approach these truth yeah. bombs, and we can't do that. We have to go against everything that's inside of us that wants to say this is, you know, because there, you know, we've had eight years of a very liberal media that has just mocked mm-hmm. and ridiculed and minimized everything that the the right had to say. And now that the tables have turned, it would be so easy for mm-hmm. people on the right to then sock it to them to to tit for tat to get back in with everything that's inside of us we have to say no that's the entire trump campaign yeah yeah i really got elected that is what got the the dude elected was that he finally said it was it was it was catharsis for people and it was catharsis yeah and and ultimately we christians we should not join in on the catharsis and all there, there are Christians that voted that hated all of that, and mm-hmm. and and they voted because they had other concerns about yeah. Hillary, and and I do not want to put them down or make nope. mid- ridicule you or second guess them. It was a tough election. In and, fact, I want to point out um, sermon that my father sent me from Tommy Nelson. Did you see that sermon? No, that he I did? didn't. But yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and post it on the internet. That really kind of went into what are the issues that we're voting on here. Yeah. Excuse and and ironically, the people that are being labeled racist for voting for Trump as a lesser evil, mm-hmm. we're doing it. Many of the people I know were from single issue, um, the abortion issue. Yeah. And who is the greatest victim of abortion? <laughs> Black yep. babies, African-American babies, minority babies. If they are racist, why do they care? Yeah. You know, so anyway. that, that So made anyway. Me so that would be point number point number one, you know, listen to people, understand that these kids are hearing doomsday scenarios and do our best to um, help them see that this is not a doomsday. Point number two, no matter how much we want to join in the mockery, we need to refrain because our catharsis is in the cross of Christ. And then number three, you and I had a lot to say about this. Don't get caught in the tornado of reason and emotion. <laughs> and I said this specifically as tornado because uh, mm-hmm. for all my fellow nerds out there who know how tornadoes happen, <laughs> that you have a lot of times, you know, like the hot air and the cold air or sometimes the high pressure and the low pressure, you have these two radically mm-hmm. different types of air that meet in the middle and they can't mingle together. So they just spin out of control and destroy everything in their wake. 
So what we're seeing happen right now, and, and you and I have even seen this, Rebecca, with other Christians, even on Christian forums, yeah. where some people will try to bring emotion into the conversation. Other people will st- stick strictly with kind of reason and facts. And what you have is the people who value reason are looking at the people who are kind of bringing in the humanity aspect and or the ones that they see spiraling out of control that are just getting screechier mm-hmm. and louder and more emotional and just turning into, I mean, kind of raving lunatics. And they look at that and they say, oh, I'm so much better because I have reason yeah. and I don't get involved in that. And then you have the people that are really trying to bring in the humanity or they just really have <laughs> disconnected themselves from rational argumentation. And they see the people over there using just reason and they're saying I am not a cold lifeless robot and if you're not going to listen to me then I'm going yeah. <laughs> yeah, to screech louder and louder and use all caps you know if I'm on the if I'm on <laughs> the computer that way you'll know I'm really yelling at you and they get louder and louder hoping that the robot will listen and the robot becomes more and more mechanical uh, saying I will never be like that and that's yeah. where you get this tornado the, 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 the chasm between the two and C.S. Lewis wrote in the uh, read Abolition in the end <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, we should link my, my article about how it applies to what's happening on the college campuses but it really I mean this is just what I've learned with my graduate de- program I'm so thankful that this is one of the first books we read because yeah. it really it was very wise for them to choose that because it really this is our society but it's this idea of the intellect and the emotions being so divided disconnected disconnected yeah. there's a huge chasm between the two and and there's no way to reconcile them what reconciles mm. them is Really, when what well, he's talking about conscience, but what as Christians we'd say it's the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. It's you know love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What what are I should know them? <laughs> <laughs> Gentleness, faithfulness, self control. Self control. And yes. and yes, truth is definitely in there. But Chesterton said that you know we can value the virtue of truth so much that we forget to have pity, or we yeah. can value pity so much that we forget to have truth mm-hmm. they have to work together it's always a balancing act and you know what we're gonna get him wrong and that's why we cannot do this without god we cannot yeah. do this without the spiritual disciplines and relying upon him and knowing that it's not a one-size-fits-all i cannot always throw a truth truth bomb in yeah you know and I would say that sometimes um, it can, I think it can be really helpful with kids to turn things into games, especially things that are kind of scary, to turn them into a game. So yeah, let's say idea. that if you're listening to stuff that is, that you know, you do need to listen to the news or you hear arguments or you ask them, what are some of your friends saying? And make turn it into a game. Can we identify the emotion and can we identify the reason? And I would even propose a third category. Can we identify the value? Yeah. Because a lot of times you're going to have two people screaming different things at each other that actually value the same thing. Amen. Yes. <laughs> and so anytime your your child is talking about this or sees something, if they're, you see them getting scared, sometimes just turn it into a simple little game. What is the reason? What is the emotion? What is the value? See if you can identify that. And if you keep doing that with your kids, there's no way they can grow up to then be completely oblivious of all these things. And in that sense, we can take basically the hand that we've been given, which is kind of, 
I, I, I'm just going to say that I think the world is a little bit scary right now, just with all the stuff that I see, the, the aftermath from this election. And I thought that I would be kind of relieved once the election was over, but I'm realizing now that was just the beginning because I was so tired of all the yeah, stuff that too. was going on before. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, once it's decided, it'll be decided. But And this election um, has been in the making for, again, just like the children have been in the making for generations. They did yeah. not come out of nowhere. This election did not come out of nowhere. This is the culmination not, yeah. of a lot of years of things. Yeah. And in a way, I will say I am encouraged because I've seen I have a pretty diverse group on um, Facebook. And I would say that I have seen a lot of liberals. Some of them are going crazy, but some of them are because you know, they're very scared, obviously. And I understand. Mm-hmm. But some of them are saying, you know, guys, we have been so dismissive and smug of half of the American people for a long time now, we have got to start listening. And that word listening, we have got to really start listening and understanding what these people are going through. I'm like, oh, thank you, because that's what I see between the two sides. Neither of them are listening. And like you said, a lot of times they really value the same thing. They just have different approaches to it. And it seems like we've just taken turns shoving things down each other's throats. And so right now there might be some on the right that are saying, well, now it's our turn to shove stuff down your throat. And mock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you've done it to us for the past eight years. And again, we just have to decide that we are not going to be part of that problem. And so I would just urge people on both sides of the aisle to say, how have we contributed to this election and really I would also call the media out (laughs) on how did they contribute but you know um, and both sides I will say it's not yeah it really is both sides you don't end up with the two candidates that we ended up with without there being serious problems on both sides so anyway those are our um, our three main points that we wanted to give help talk your kids out of the doomsday scenarios one of the best ways again turn it into a game of let's look at the reason and logic and emotion um don't join in the mockery our catharsis is in christ uh don't get caught in the tornado of reason and emotion again always try to grasp both of those those go Mm -hmm. back to the chew and spit that you and i usually talk about you're Mm -hmm. gonna have what what did you say marble with mud yeah the mud and marble there's always a mixture yep and uh and i'll I'll add one fourth thing that we won't really need to discuss because we pretty much already discussed it but it's something that you mentioned when we were talking earlier is we can't help people and help give them resources to cope if we're laughing at them. Yeah. yeah. And so I just kind of want to end on that note, uh, just a note of encouragement to parents to be talking about this election with their kids, to use this as a time to help. If if you were on the side that, that lost and you feel devastated, to... Um, learn how to be, I guess, a gracious loser and to, to put yourself in the position that maybe people on the right were feeling for the last years, eight years with Obama. If you're on the side that won, do not do all the things that were done to you mm. for the past return eight years. Return evil and, for evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do not return evil for evil. And also don't minimize, especially when it comes to kids, don't minimize the fear that they may be going through talk to them ask them why are you afraid what are some of the things that you're afraid of and it's and it's okay to be tough with them too i'm not saying to coddle them yeah you don't know, i don't think either of us are saying that i think that you know it's Mm-mm. yeah so we, we but we have to begin with listening and then teaching them modeling to them how to reason through yeah, yeah. and how to be gracious and, and how to love and how to not return 
um, again, evil for evil. So that is our kind of brief wrap up on the election. I really hope that this was challenging. I hope I said stuff that you ladies out there agreed with. And I really hope I said stuff out there that challenged you. Because if I'm only saying stuff that everybody agrees with, that I'm not saying anything of much substance at all. <laughs> um, so I will end with a quick prayer. Father God, this has been a really emotional time. This has been an emotional election. We don't want to excuse anything that's going on. We don't want to be part of the problem, but at the same time, we don't want to contribute even more to the problem, Lord, by returning what was done to us or by mocking people that are grieving. God, I pray that you would show the women and and us, Lord. I pray for Rebecca and me as we are interacting with the people around us as well, Mm. how to show a godly love with a godly truth, uh, with godly reason, and just uh, redeemed logic, Lord, without divorcing it from our humanity, without divorcing it from pity, without disconnecting it from the emotional aspect, Lord. And I pray that uh, the, the parents out there would learn how to discuss these things with their children so that they don't live in a state of fear, Lord, because you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love mm. and a power and a sound mind, Lord God. There's so many verses just about do not fear, Lord God, I pray that we would use this time to model what that looks like, not to fear whether or not our candidate was elected or not, uh, mm-hmm. that we would learn not to fear, but we would also learn not to gloat, um, mm-hmm. and that this would be a time where we can be part of the reconciliation, we can be part of the change that you desire to see in this nation. And just also remember, Lord, that it's usually out of the times of greatest turmoil that the greatest spiritual awakenings occur. And so right now we just pray for Trump as he was the one, for better or worse, that uh, that this country elected to be president, Lord. And I pray that you would have a Saul, Paul moment with him, Lord God, that you would just grab a hold of his heart. Yeah. Uh, and you would lead him in wisdom and in truth and that you would surround him with godly men. Lord God, um, we pray for this country. Whether or not you gave us Trump as um, because you plan on using him for blessing or he is meant as a judgment, we don't know. But either way, Lord, we will put our trust in you because you are where our hope is. You are where our faith is. And no matter who's in office, that cannot be taken from us. We thank you hmm. and we praise you. Amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. Have you been stumped by your kids already? Or maybe you have a nagging question of your own that you think would make a good podcast. Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we will do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. We are all in this together. Oh,